It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the golf guru, the golf fanatic, Uncle Dave. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at Dave underscore Essler. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, Uncle Dave, here we go. Another Tuesday, another golf podcast. This week we have the St. Jude Invitational. This one will take place at the TPC Southwind in memphis tennessee last year's champion justin thomas he's going to return here as the fifth favorite to repeat at 16 to 1 this year's favorite at 11 to 1 odds is brooks kepka deep field for this one there uncle dave as far as the top golfers are concerned i mean we're looking at maybe 50 of the top you know top 50 golfers are going to be in this field so um this is going to be an action-packed weekend this is a no-cut event should be an interesting tournament so with the no-cut event there, Uncle Dave, it's something that we usually don't talk about. I'm not necessarily sure how you handicap your events when it comes to the no-cut, but do you particularly like these kind of no-cut events? Yeah, I mean, they're they're a little easier because there's less golfers, so you don't have to go through every single one, but they're a little harder because you have the entire field, you know, 40 of them can win, uh, which also sets up, you know, kind of crappy to find big value. I mean, I don't think you're going to find your, your big long shots here. I mean, you've got you got eight guys at 20 to one or less and, and literally about 40 of them uh, can win. And then you have it uh, the week after the Olympics or in some cases, not even a week. And a lot of these guys um, played in Japan. So this particular one might be a little more difficult, but in general, you know, I, I actually think in, in some respects, it's easier to handicap no cut events. So what about the Olympics? Because you brought that up. We know that there were a lot of golfers that were in the Olympics that are actually in this particular field. Do you have any concerns for those particular guys? Um, yeah, of course. But, you know, there's so many of them that all went through the same thing that, you know, how do you differentiate? Well, it's going to affect this guy. Well, it's not going to affect this guy, um, you know, and, and, and you just can't. I mean, you have to kind of go with maybe the younger guys might – might come back a little quicker. I don't know. Um, so for me, the way I went about it was, you know, almost almost the intangibles. You know, we've been we've been sort of handicapped in the last few tournaments and done well with our top twenties and thirties on based on guys that really needed to win to get into the top one twenty five. And you know, that is not an issue here. But what is an issue is a lot of guys that want to seriously move up. Uh, so I kind of did use a little bit of the. Uh, the motivation factor, I think, uh, almost trumps the travel factor. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, it could be way off. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and we'll jump into that in a little bit. I do have a couple fades for some of the Olympic guys. Here's how we're going to do this. Uh, Uncle Dave and I will cover our first round leaders, our head-to-heads, top 40s through top fives, and our winners. And as Uncle Dave mentioned, we won't have any make and miss the cut because we don't have a cut this week. So, Uncle Dave, first round leader. I have a long shot here. I think you might like this one. I'm going to save it. I'm going to let you go ahead and rip a run in this first. First round leader, St. Jude Invitational. Who are you looking at? Yeah, I kind of threw away the favorites on this one, trying to trying to look to give some people some ideas instead of trying to pick and choose the one guy. Um, Jason Cockrack at 50-1. to 1. You know, the guy's third in first round scoring average. And this is a guy that's not getting much attention lately, but he's just outside the top 10 in the FedEx race. And, Getting into the top 10 is a big deal. He's solid off the tee. This is a pretty narrow course. Um, you're going to want to you're going to want to keep the ball in the fairway off the tee, probably more so than a lot of other places. Uh, and he's fourth gained 
in shots putting. You know, that, that never sucks. And he also hasn't played since the British Open. So here's a guy that's very well rested uh, and I suspect super focused given his playoff ranking. Another guy I used, long shot, Will Salatoris at 45 to 1. You know, maybe we forgot about him, about him after the withdrawal of the British, but, you know, having withdrawn, he's had plenty of rest. And this kid shows up in big events, Sleepy. Remember, he's been second in the Masters, which to me is telling because if he has a kryptonite, we all know it's his putting. And we know you can't suck at putting in Augusta if it is second. Uh, and, and showing up big, he's been sixth in the U.S. Open. Um, and he's only played one event in this format. Uh, but he did finish 22nd with a with a really good shots gained average that would have put him in the top five or ten in that category with more qualifying rounds. So I think at 45 to one, you know, the talent differential between he and and the guys that might be a little chalkier is probably making that a reasonable bet. And yes, I will play my boy Brian Harmon at 40 to one. All right, well, some solid picks there from Uncle Dave. I too went ahead and avoided all the jockey guys i'm gonna go ahead. i'm gonna take phil there uncle dave at 90 to 1 i mean he's shown recently that he still has the game but he has also shown in the past at least recently you know that he's not super strong late in rounds well this is a no cut event but i think phil actually plays a lot better earlier in rounds he has a ton of good finishes here a lot of you know top fives top tens i think the last time out he finished t2 so I figure, why not? You know, go ahead and play Phil. It, it, we don't have that many opportunities to go ahead and do that. So I feel like this might be one of those opportunities at 90 to 1. I figure, why the hell not? Let's jump into some head-to-heads here, Uncle Dave. I have one here, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to fade Justin Thomas. He is coming off of, you know, his Olympics here. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play Harris English at plus 115 over Justin Thomas. As I mentioned, Thomas is in the Olympic field. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to try to fade that. English, I feel like he's still probably in some really good form, you know, with the Travelers, you know, in the near rearview mirror. And he has a ton of experience here. So plus 115, I actually think Harris is live to win this thing. But I really like him in this head-to-head. And at plus 115, that's what I'll do for my head-to-head this week there, Uncle Dave. What do you got? Yeah, I I, I like Webb Simpson at even money over Scotty Scheffler. And I, I like Scotty Scheffler. So that was a tough bet for me to make. I think here, I like Simpson better. He's 22nd in shots gained total, great putter. Uh, number one in shots gained scrambling, and, and you know these guys are going to make mistakes. I, I like that. And, he, and he's 53rd in FedEx points. So I think if there's anyone in this field that could benefit from a really good showing, it's Webb Simpson. Um, I like his experience in these events. He's 17th in shots gained total when you combine all the invitational no-cut events in the last four years. I, at 28 to 1, might have some value to win, but I also I'm going to stick him – T10 at plus 200. Uh, and to your point about Mickelson, you're right. I, I do agree with you. I read somewhere and I'm, 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 I'm regurgitating from my brain, which isn't always a good thing. But of all those no-cut invitational events, I believe Mickelson was like the only guy to finish, I think, top 25 in all of them, or maybe top 30. It was some some stat like that that, that he has done well. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand behind your Mickelson 90 to 1 and may grab a piece of that as well. All right, solid stuff there. Uncle Dave, let's jump into our top 40s, top 20s, 5s, 10s, or what have you. You really won't find a whole lot of you know top 40s or top 30s because I just don't think there's any out there. I got my stuff from DraftKings, and they're only showing top 20s right now. And I found a guy that I felt probably fit the mold in Ryan Palmer at 3-1. to one. He has a good bit of experience here, and he finished third here the last time out. So I felt I'm getting a good golfer. 
at three to one who finished here well. And the fact that I can't, you know, plug him into a top 30 or top 40, I'm just going to use him in a top 20. I feel like he might be actually live for this one. So that's the only one I'm going to make here, Uncle Dave. Ryan Palmer, top 20, three to one. That's what I'll do. What do you got for your uh, top 40s, 30s, 20s, 10s, 5s? What do you got? Yeah, I got a few sleeping. And again, I'm, I'm trying to reach for some that maybe people won't think of. Um, I got Paul Casey at top 20. I think minus 125 is, is a super misprice for a guy that's played 115 rounds in this format. Uh, and in those 115 rounds, he's sixth in shots gained total. You know, he's finished T25 in nine of the 17 events he's played this season with six top 10s. And that's with full field. So we're really only asking him to play reasonable. You know, we're not asking him to play above his pay grade. Uh, he's the 23rd ranked golfer in the world. So, again, you know, we don't need him to be special. We just need him not to suck. Um, and another one, I'll play a top five. And I know you're going to disagree with me because you already have. Um, Justin Thomas at plus 350. And, you know, you might ask why I'm not taking him to win. And we certainly could. But the caveat here is Thomas has flown 24,000 miles since the Scottish Open. Um, he's not the best off the tee. Uh, which, again, is, is kind of a drawback here. He's not the best putter. Uh, don't get me wrong. He's above average in both categories. But the travel and the little things, I think, might keep him out of the top, top spot. Uh, and on the flip side, he's number one in shots gained total in this format uh, with an average finish of 10th uh, in 33 events spanning 132 rounds. So, yeah, he can win. But I think the value to me is in top five at plus 350. Um, another guy I like, uh, and I may use this guy to win, um, Sergio plus 200 top 20. I mean, what's not to like about a guy who leads the PGA going for the greens and par fives. Now there's only two par fives on this course, but they're super reachable. And what's not to like about a guy who's third in shots gained off the tee, which is obviously important here. What's not to like about the guy who's 10th in shots gained tee to green. However, at 70 to one odds, it could be worth a flyer to take him to win. But what is too like, about a guy who loses strokes on the green. So I'm, I'm not convinced he could not make some mistakes. Um, I think you could almost use him 60 to one as a first round leader since he is eighth in first round scoring, but I bet him the top 20 at plus 200. All right. Well, a bunch of plus prices for me and uncle Dave there. Hopefully we'll go ahead. We'll get a couple in there. Uh, we got to get some winners on uncle Dave. We've been on a little bit of a dry streak uh, that we haven't given out the winner. Uh, recently, you had your chance a couple weeks ago when you uh, you forgot to give out Colin Morikawa, but you did give it out at other places. So uh, we have to go ahead. We have to give out a winner this week. I got two Uncle Dave, and I'm not going to regurgitate a lot of the stuff that I said. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take Harris English at 35 to one. He's been pretty good here, and I'm also going to go ahead and I'm going to take Webb Simpson, the guy you just mentioned, at 28 to one. I think I used Simpson. I want to say maybe it was in the British. And it's not that he let me down. I picked him to win. I just felt like he had the game there to go ahead and, and, and do rather well. And he did well. You know, he didn't win, but he did well. But I feel like maybe this course might actually suit him a little better. You know, he's been good here. He has a lot of experience here. So I'm going to go ahead and give out those two winners. That's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to get crazy. I'm not looking for any long bombers. Harris Singles, 35-1. to one. Webb Simpson, 28-1. to one. That's what I have there, Uncle Dave, for my winners. What are you looking at? Well, I took a couple. Um, I did go chalk in one of them because I think at 18 to 1, Dustin Johnson is probably undervalued after his, his 3M missed cut. Uh, but remember, that was the week after the British where he finished eighth. 
uh, and went for a 73 that Saturday. He'd been in the mix on Sunday. You know, his missed cut there at the 3M, if anybody watched that, uh, it seemed like he was disinterested more than subpar golf. I mean, don't forget the guy's still the number two ranked player in the world, 15th in FedEx points. So honestly, 550 points uh, for winning this thing gets him uh, well into the top 10. Uh, you know, I'm going to liken him to the Patriots in their best years. You know, they, they just play for the playoffs, especially when you look at the fact that he's only played three events since the U.S. Open. I like DJ at 18 to 1. Um, my my off the off the off the beaten path guy, Abraham Answer at 35 to 1. Um, I like him a lot of places, but I think that's got some value. He's seventh on tour in driving accuracy. Um, you know, that's important. If you took all his stats, he doesn't suck at anything. You know, if he has a weakness, it's length off the tee, but on this course, that's not going to hurt him. Accuracy is going to be far more important. He doesn't have a PGA win, but he's still 18th in the FedEx Cup and 23rd ranked golfer in the world. Um, and he's not worn down from a busy schedule like a lot of these other guys are. Uh, and I could honestly say the same thing about Tony Finau, but we'll leave that for another podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm not going to be playing Tony anytime soon. At least I don't think so. I always say that, and then here I come like six weeks later. Tony Finau to win. I don't think that's going to happen this week, but uh, we still have our diamond in the rough best bet, and uh, I don't have one this week there, Uncle Dave, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to squeeze you for uh, this week's diamond in the rough best bet. If you have one, let her rip. Diamonds are forever. Yeah, I do, and this is this is going to be SpongeBob, uh, and, and that's sort of my thing. A lot of people know what that means when I use it. Uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, meaning it's, it's very obvious, but, you know, this is a very obvious winner. Um, I like Brooks Kepka top 10 at plus 110. You know, he, he might well win, but 11 to 1, uh, that, that's not probably where I want to go. He's the favorite for a reason. Um, but plus 110, I think this is another mispriced line. I mean, how do you not take a guy that's fourth in shots gained total, third in shots gained tee to green, 12th in birdie average, fifth in scoring average, fourth in sand saves, and who's finished in the top 10 in half of the events he's played this year? I mean, you know, I kind of put him in the in the DJ category. You know, save it for the save it for when you need it. You know, and and uh, you know, Bryson's in this field, and and if I could find a if I could find a Kepka over Bryson, I'd probably put that that too. But Kepka top ten. I mean, remember, uh, there's only sixty-ish players in this tournament, so you know, it's not like he has to beat an entire field and and the, the two or three or four guys that might come out of nowhere to win. So I don't know how he doesn't finish top ten. Sleepy. That's my. Diamond in the rough. All right. Well, there you go, guys. Uncle Dave's diamond in the rough. Best bet. You guys got all our picks for this week. First round leaders, head to heads, top 20s, our winners, and Uncle Dave's diamond in the rough. Best bet. Uh, guys, with football quickly approaching, Uncle Dave, we're going to have to slim down uh, a lot of our golf podcasts. But Uncle Dave and I, you know, we're going to go ahead. We're going to continue to pump them out over the next couple of weeks. But as football approaches and finally gets here, uh, we will have, you know, golf podcasts every now and again. That'll, you know, go for the same with the UFC podcast uh, that me, myself, and me and Gene put out. But uh, we're getting ready for football. And uh, I actually think Chris is putting up an early bird uh, preseason football package. Not sure exactly what's included in there. I think we have a lot of team totals, player props. Um, there's a lot of other, like, little tools and stuff like that that you guys are going to be able to go and get a hold of. But uh, make sure you guys check that out at thebettingpredators.com. And make sure you check out Uncle Dave and I on Twitter at SleepyG underscore pregame, Dave underscore Essler. And find us both at the best sports betting information site on the web 
pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. Enjoy the games.